Hi everyone, welcome to Obsessions of a Millennial Drama Queen, where every week a guest and I work our way through the alphabet talking about things we are obsessed with. I'm Adam Dalton-Blake, and this week my friend Brent Roach and I talked about how B is for the one and only Barbara Streisand. We chatted about the current Funny Girl revival, the mall under Barbara's house, and maybe some beef she has with David Bowie. Feel free to follow us on Instagram and TikTok at omdqpod. That's omdqpod. And let us know in the comments what you're obsessed with. Enjoy the show. Hi, Brent. How you doing? I'm doing good. How are you, Adam? I'm good. I'm good. I'm so excited to talk about Barbara Streisand with you. The best. Oh, she's the absolute best. Uh, but before we dive in, I always like to ask uh, my guests how we know each other. And you and I have a very um, recent friendship that uh, formed in a fabulous way. Do you remember? Oh, I do. Um, After a few glasses of wine, deep diving into a pop culture writer, journalist, the one Ms. Laura Lane, and knowing literally everything about this woman. To the point where my friends were like, Brent, you have a problem. (laughs) Yeah, so basically I went over to... um, one of my friends place because we were celebrating a birthday and you, we were in like Venn diagram of friend groups of um, this friend. And so, yeah, the wine is flowing. Everyone's being just silly. And I'm talking about absolute nonsense. I talk about age of Adeline. I talk about sister act two, all of this good stuff. And then we get into a very, very deep dive about this one um, author journalist, um, Laura Lane And we went through all of her archives of what she has written, and we try to figure out where she is now. Why did we do such a deep dive on her? It was because of one article that she wrote, right? We were trying to figure out if Kate Hudson's real name was Catherine or just Kate. And then, and the same with Katy Perry. And then you Mm -hmm. brought up that one of them has a weird middle name. And so we had to find out what the weird middle name was. And that led down this rabbit hole of Laura Lane's beautiful um, portfolio of pop culture writing. Yeah, and I would say we definitely talked about that for maybe like 30 to 40 minutes of just like reciting all of her articles and really, really doing a deep dive on a person we have no idea who they are. Never seen her, never seen her name before, probably will never see her name again. Although she does have New Yorker <laughs> on her credits, so maybe we'll see her on in the magazine at some point. I mean, let's hope. Let's everyone um, keep our eyes peeled for Laura Lane. Um, Laura Lane, if you're listening, hey girl, we are obsessed with you. Truly obsessed. <laughs> yeah, it was at that moment, Brent, that I knew that you and I meshed extremely well and that you would be the perfect person to bring on to this podcast. Yeah, if there's one thing I love, it's diving as far into a pop culture icon loosely using that word as I possibly can. Of course, of course. And so diving into our pop culture icon, we are talking about a one Miss Barbara Streisand today. Now, Brent, do you remember your first exposure to a one Miss Barbara Streisand? Oh, I do. And I think it bears a lot on my life Mm -hmm. because I was in the car, I was in my dad's car and I was rifling through his CDs and I found like a Barbara Live in concert CD. (gasps) And I was like, 
sure, let's listen to this. And at the time, I was like, who is this schmaltzy, overbearing woman? Mm -hmm. And why does my dad love her so much? (laughs) And only in retrospect, do I see how wrong I was as a child, and that it was iconic that my dad had this CD just sitting in the car that he would play between playing the Irish folk band, the Chieftains and the Beatles. (laughs) You just pop in Barbara's greatest hits. Wow. It really is the trifecta of just um, all corners of music right there. I (laughs) love that. So how, how old were you here? I think like eight, nine or 10, somewhere in that range, like maybe 11, but I think that's pushing it. Yeah. I think it was around the same age for me where I first got introduced to Barbara through, um, the movie version of Hello, Dolly. I saw that at a slumber party um, with my friend Robin Raleigh, who is going to be on a future podcast talking about Grease 2. Beautiful. Um, I immediately was like, oh, she's so charming, and she's utterly hilarious. Her voice is transcendent, and it just started a real love affair, specifically with her voice. It it was like, um, I truly understood what everyone was saying about, like, Oh, the voice of a generation, like once in a lifetime voice. She is the voice. Yeah. It, it's like, um, there, no one can compare. No, she's like definitely up there in like iconic voices with like your, your Whitney's, your Celine Dion's, you have Barbara Streisand. She's like, def- like your Aretha Franklin's, like definitely up there in iconic voices that will not be able to be touched. And yeah, and then it was just uh, keeping going with these movie musicals, um, specifically with like Funny Girl Next, just absolutely falling in love with her. I believe it. I mean, what is there not to love about this woman? Well, speaking of, what do you love about her? Um, Her Brooklyn accent that won't die. Mm -hmm, Never. Her like truly incredible vocal qualities that you listen to her sing and you're blown away. Mm -hmm. No one, like no one can do it the way she does it and be funny in it. Mm -hmm. Like, drop the funny little, like, quirks to a song that was written for her and be able to sing it like no one else can. Um, That she has, like, evolved over the decades and continues to be this icon starring in the stupid movies Meet the Fockers. Like, who thought that that would be a role she could play? But of course it is. (laughs) And just, like, keeping her space in the zeitgeist no matter what. Yeah, I saw today someone tweeted, we need a Gen Z Barbara Streisand. And I was like, the Gen Z Barbara Streisand is Barbara Streisand. I think so. I think Barbara Streisand is the boomer Barbara Streisand, the Gen Z, the Gen X, Gen Y. (laughs) And she will be every generation's Barbara Streisand. Yes, forever. Yes. Oh, of course. Just like Cher. Cher's the same across every decade. Oh, yeah. And so is Barbara Streisand. Yeah. And I feel like... um, Barbara's discography is so expansive. She has like a billion albums that every generation will just rediscover. Oh my God. And we're holding up a bunch of records, this collection. Okay. So what is your favorite Barbara Streisand record here? Well, that's complicated. Yes. Because she has one called the Broadway album, holding it up. That was my first album. Oh, it's so good. Mm-hmm. And it's so good because she just was like, you know what, Sondheim, your songs aren't good enough. I think we should do them this way. Yes, of And course. then they're brilliant. <laughs> and in the liner notes, or whatever you call them for a vinyl, that's liner notes is for a CD, isn't it? But she's like, thank you to Stephen Sondheim for being willing to take my advice. <laughs> <laughs> Who else could say that? Who else? 
Oh, man. Yeah, it's so good. Because Barbara is known for being very specific about what she wants and specifically how she wants to sound yes. on her albums. I remember seeing this one video of her, I believe, recording for Yentl um, in the studio. And there's this huge back and forth between her and the producer that dared to show up to record Barbara Streisand and mix her. And she is determined to get back, I believe, four or three frames. So, like, milliseconds of a song. Wow. Um, and the producer's like, no, no, no. Like, you're, you're, you're wrong, Barbara Streisand. Which, by the way, I dare anyone to tell Barbara Streisand that, they're, that she's wrong. No. Um, so she brings out this, like, old-timey recorder because she's been recording the whole session on her own because she is a control freak, which we love. And so she plays back and is like, please bring back my four frames. She plays the recording and, alas, there is, like, an extra millisecond before she breathes or like for a cutoff and everyone's like, Oh, she's right. (laughs) And so this poor producer is like, okay, Barbara, I'll give you back your four (laughs) damn frames. But it just goes to show that like, yeah, you do not tell Barbara how to do anything. You work. We as a collective world work for her. Uh, She does not work for us. No, No. we work for her. Mm-hmm. The fact that in the Broadway album, she dares to combine Pretty Women mm-hmm. from Sweeney Todd with Ladies Who Lunch from Company, <laughs> which are two songs that are unhinged on their own, <laughs> and then you put them together and it becomes even more unhinged. And she's just singing at this like mm-hmm. rapid pace, Pretty Women, Pretty Women, and then cuts to her just screaming, Everybody Rise. It's yeah, really it's, it's wild. Um, I love her version of obviously the, I think the iconic one on that album is Somewhere. It's like, I, I believe that one like charted. Um, it's literally, she takes it out into space. It's like she has all this echo on it. Yes. And it, it fades out into, into the end. Um, it's just so good. But I, I do love that Barbara Streisand plays a lot with tempo when she tries to make things her own, specifically on her Christmas album, which is, hilarious one that she has a christmas album she does a version of jingle bells that can only be described as like jingle bells on speed it's like (laughs) syncopated and like jingle bell jingle 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 bell jingle and it's so wild to me and then she slows down on day or two ago it's like she's she's just really um Maybe like the Bjork of like contemporary classic <laughs> pop music. She's just really experimenting with different tempos and what she can do as a one Miss Barbara Streisand. Oh my god, no one would ever put those two together, Bjork and Barbara Streisand. <laughs> but honestly, you're not wrong. That album is genius. She's all. I have mm-hmm. a I have a Christmas record that's like all the pop stars of the like fifties and sixties singing Christmas songs, <gasps> and she sings the Lord's Prayer on that album. <laughs> oh yes, yes. <laughs> Good for her. This little Jewish girl from Brooklyn. Yeah. Great for her. Get that money, honey. <laughs> she doesn't believe in it. Uh, so we talked about her albums. Do you have a favorite role that she's done on film or in theater? Um, I love her in Funny Girl. Mm-hmm. Love her in Funny Girl. And she sings Secondhand Rose, which is one of my favorite Barbara songs. Aww. It's so good. Um, and my friend, uh, we had a movie thing this summer, and he put on What's Up, Doc, which I'd never seen before. Yeah. 
And that one is very good and so strange, but also <laughs> like love her as a uh, like romantic comedy lead where she's just a quirky girl. I'm so we can't leave out a Star Is Born from that conversation. Oh, of course not. I mean, the hair alone yeah. won't let us won't let us let it uh, go on un- talked about. Um, I rewatched Funny Girl last week just because I wanted like a little bit of a pick me up. And of course, <laughs> like with everything happening with Funny Girl on Broadway right now, I was like, hey, let's go back to the source. Um, my God, is she fantastic in that? Wow, she really um, kills that. It's beyond. It's beyond. Like, it's a movie and a role no one could ever do now, let alone like whatever Broadway. But like, that movie couldn't be made today. The way her, everybody's acting, no one acts like that anymore. No one writes like that anymore. And no one sings like that. And you can't do it. She did it. Yeah, she she truly goes from, like, what, she covers, like, um, it, it seems like she covers, like, decades. Um, but I think it's just, like, her emotional journey. And um, her having all these layers of, like, this hyper comedic performance one of the best comedic performances i've seen and then going into these real vulnerable moments when her marriage is like falling apart and she's this big star and then of course like her singing just like the belting the romanticism of it all um and then that finale moment of her singing my man is um i think what truly clinched her oscar win there oh absolutely it, I mean, she can do no wrong, and that role really yeah, proves it. Truly. I, I have a, and I believe I told you this at the party, I have a bit of a party fun fact that I always bring up about Barbara Streisand that I will bring up again uh, for those listening here. So, Barbara Streisand, um, that year, uh, when she was nominated for Funny Girl, was inducted into the Academy because Gregory Peck was like the head of the Academy at the time and wanted to bring in young people to the voting pool to kind of just like bring this new energy and so it was all controversial because barbara had not been in a movie before and historically in order to be in the academy you have to have been in a movie so i was like no you can't do this but gregory peck was like oh no she's a star she's gonna make movies like don't you worry about it so that year barbara streisand tied for uh best actress with katherine hepburn in lion and winter now back then in order to have a tie, you had to have a true tie. So the exact same number of votes. So assuming that Barbara Streisand, as part of the Academy, voted for herself, she is the sole reason why she has her own Oscar. I love that so much. Who Like, <laughs> that's unreal. It's the most Barbara thing ever. Most yeah. Barbara thing ever. That's so beautiful. I hope that that's in the eventual movie of her life, probably starring Leah Michelle. I hope that they mm. make that a major plot point in the early part of the film. Yeah, I think so. I learned that from this YouTube channel called Be Kind Rewind, which I recommend everyone um, watch. It's all these video essays about um, like Hollywood actresses and uh, a lot of history about the Oscars. But I was just like... Uh, that is quintessential Barbara Streisand right there of, she was like, I'm going to get an Oscar. So tick, got an Oscar. (laughs) That's how I'm going to do it. And I did it. (laughs) And she did it. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Um, so talking about Funny Girl, obviously big hubbub with everything happening on Broadway these days. What is your take on that? I haven't seen it yet on Broadway, mm-hmm. which I'm very upset about. Um, you know, we all love to hate Leah Michelle, but she does have a good voice. And, mm-hmm. you know, she got her start on the stage. And maybe if she hadn't been in Glee, we would have all loved her more. Um, but I have had people who I know who've seen it and they say it's really good. And she was born to play this role. Mm-hmm. So can't really, I can't really nag on her too much, even though we all know she can't read. And <laughs> she probably has a pact with a demon to like take the soul of a, a Glee castmate every time she gets ahead in the world. <laughs> but I'm sure she's doing great things. And she probably will like get recognition and this will be the start of her next Broadway career. Great. Yeah, I think so. I, I really hope that she's turned a new leaf with how she like conducts herself off stage. But there is no denying that on stage she is an absolute star. And what was really interesting is that when the Funny Girl revival was announced and Beanie Feldstein was um, attached to it, I love Beanie. I was obsessed with Book Smart. It's one of my favorite movies. I think she's a really lovely actress and can totally get the Barbara Streisand. Um, comedic beats down like i totally believe that she loves barbara but i always knew that the vocals were going to be the thing that was her downfall which is so unfortunate because like we said earlier no one can no one can compare to barbara You, you 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 can't but this being the first revival since the original broadway production and the movie um, the comparisons are going to be um the comparisons are going to be there and vicious Oh, and vicious. I loved Beanie's acting, um, but I I am loving Leah Michelle in the role. However, I think the perfect marriage of the two is this hero of an understudy that everyone's freaking out about named Julie Benko. She is, to me, like the quintessential vibe of this Fanny Bryce comedic genius with the ability to sing the house down. And I really want her to have a bigger career after this because she's really kind of become this unsung hero of this production where everyone's rooting for her to succeed, which is absolutely amazing. She, I mean, a quick Google brings about many articles with the title that's literally Julie Benko is a funny girl no one had heard of until now. So good for her. Yeah. Maybe she, maybe she's the inheritor to the to the mantle that Barbara has worn for so long. Yeah, I've, I mean, I've only seen the clips on on TikTok, and of course, TikTok is obsessed with this funny girl revival. So um, I'm sure at us adding to the discourse won't uh, move the needle in any way, but it's very interesting to talk about. I was just going to say, when the revival was announced, all I could think about was that Lady Gaga was on a mission to EGOT, and this was how she was going to do it. (gasps) But we know that she can't quite... She has the vocal capacity, but maybe not 
the Barbara vocal capacity. And so she probably needs something that's more distant. Oh, that's so interesting. It would be like a Barbara follow of A Star is Born, A Star is Born, Funny Girl, Funny Girl. Interesting. Yeah, I thought that that was the, I saw Gaga seeing Barbara and her going, <laughs> oh, maybe that's what I need. But we all, like, Gaga's going to get a musical written for her the way Barbara got this written for her, so... We just need to wait. Yeah. Wait and hold out. She will EGOT. Yeah, I think so. Especially with all like the jazz and Tony Bennett stuff she's been doing. I feel like people will open their eyes to like an like an old time musical, like a true Belters musical that I feel like could be a really beautiful um, opportunity for her. She'll make it. I believe in her. Just like Allie. Just like Allie. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. So from Gaga back to Barbara, two divas. Um, one thing we love about Barbara is not only is she incredibly talented and very specific with what she wants, she also has a lot of really, um, really interesting, weird things about her personality and what she's been able to do, uh, with her money, um, that is ultimately just unfathomable to anyone in the world. For example, one of them being the fact that she's cloned her dog three times. I was so hoping as you started that that was where you were going because this is truly my favorite Barbara Streisand fact. Please tell me you've seen the photo of the the first dog's gravestone with the three clones on top of it. Yes, I have. Oh, God. <laughs> the greatest thing (laughs) it's so fabulous and i just love the idea of barbara being like um but this is my dog i want this dog this is my dog you know like she got those four milliseconds four frames back she will get this dog over Mm -hmm. and over and over again until she's ready for a new one and i can see barbara investing millions in cloning technology oh of course she's probably underwritten so many research grants just so that they can clone her dog perfectly. And I hope that each iteration of this dog is as perfect as the original. Samantha. Oh, Samantha's the dog's name? Yeah, goes by Sammy. The other thing that I'm obsessed with Barbara Streisand is, so there was this off-Broadway show called Buyer and Seller. It was a fictional story about the real, about what would happen if someone worked in the real-life mall underneath Barbara Streisand's house. And of course, that, like, piqued my interest i'm like what the hell is this (laughs) and so um from an article it says in her basement streisand constructed a mini shopping mall that features a gift shop antique clothing shop a doll shop and a sweet shop that serves frozen yogurt and popcorn to the a-listers guests that she invites to movie screenings each shop comes complete with old-fashioned shop fronts whose primary purpose is to store the vast collection of items she's accrued over the years. And her quote is from Barbara herself, Instead of just storing my things in the basement, I can make a street of shops and display them. Oh, God, what a woman. <laughs> what a woman. No one has ever told her no. No! And they, she said, I want a mall in my basement. I've never been to a mall. What's a mall? It's the 80s. I don't know what a mall is. I'm seeing all these malls on TV. And she was like, to her assistant, build me a mall. I want a mall in my Malibu mansion. There you go. God, that's unreal. Isn't that wild? She's basically created a lair that's a closet, but it's truly just a shop center. Wow. Are you, you're on the the Jezebel article, is that where you're reading? Mm-hmm. Because I have that pulled up, 
And there's a picture of John Travolta, Lady Gaga, Ryan Murphy, Kelly Preston, and Jim Brolin all together in her mall. That is bonkers. <laughs> Ew, and Ryan Murphy looks creepy with Lady Gaga. I, I, I bet there's like a coven down there. There's some witchcraft down there. It's um that's going to be the new American horror story is what happened <laughs> under Barbara Streisand's house in the mall she's created. Oh my god. And to tie into her mall, you know about the Streisand effect that she created with her house. Have you heard about this? No, tell me about it. In the early 2000s, her house was used as photos about coastal erosion and uh one of those photos included her home on the Malibu coast. And she created the, all this kerfuffle about um, like getting the photo of her house removed from that um, site online. And in the kerfuffle, it like increased it mm-hmm. so many times, many fold. And because I, no one knew what her house looked like before, and it was the early two thousands. We didn't like right. Google image search was at the its baby stages, and the like search jumped by like hundreds of thousands after it came out that she was trying to hide her house and now it's everywhere. And so like they created this term, the Streisand effect for when you want to try to hide something and you try to like sue and get it removed. And in fact, that makes everything worse. (gasps) It's so great that she, she has such an impact. It's like in things unrelated to her artistic output. (laughs) It's related to her mall basement. Wow. So she really is just, like hitting all of the like academic fields. She's into cloning, so she's science. She's the Streisand <laughs> effect, so she's she's in the legal realm. And then ecom, like uh, the the economy. She has her own mall. She really is just um, creating the basis for like a Barbara Streisand like business degree program. I would take it. I'd get an MBA in Barbara Streisand, <laughs> a BS MBA. Yes. Oh, hey, I'm here for that. Um, and then the the last thing that I have that's like a weird thing that I remember her doing was um, Kathy Griffin talked about this like back in the day in her act where um, when Barbara Streisand was performing on Oprah um, back when, of course, Oprah had her iconic show, um, she was really into everything being like cream, like the cream color. And so she was promoting an album that she made for her dog, Samantha, um, the famous Sammy. And um, so she was going on this press tour promoting this album and she was all about wearing like cashmere, this was like cashmere um, cream turtleneck Barbara, like those cowl necks. Um, Mm -hmm. I'm familiar. She sounds amazing. Everyone is freaking out. At the end, Oprah comes up to her and says, you know what, Barbara, I, in my, in my whole life of doing this, I've never seen someone have a white microphone before. Where'd you get a white microphone? And Barbara Streisand just goes, oh, I had them paint yours. <laughs> God, who else? No one else could do it. No one else could do it. Who else could um, come onto Oprah's territory? You come to Oprah's house <laughs> and then you paint her microphone? <laughs> And Oprah was probably like, oh, okay, I guess that's fine. You're Barbara. She was in like a state of shock because <laughs> who would dare to do that but a one Miss Barbara Streisand? Oh, oh, so good. What a woman. And so we were talking briefly about uh, this podcast before and you brought up um, a specific thing with David Bowie. Oh, yes. So 
you know that you, I mean, no one knows because why would they ever have seen this? But she covered Life on Mars by David Bowie. And when I say she covered mm-hmm. it, I mean she made it Barbara Streisand's Life on Mars. And it's incredible <laughs> because one, that song is already incredible. And then you have Barbara wailing on top of it. And mm-hmm. it is, mm-hmm. it's, she just does, she, I think that she does it very well. But what David mm. Bowie said in an interview about this, he replied that it was bloody awful. Sorry, Barb, but it was atrocious. And I just love that he just says, sorry, Barb, that was atrocious. And like, <laughs> I hope that he was just doing it for the publicity stunt of saying that Barbara Streisand did something wrong. And secretly he was mm-hmm. like, no, that was a wonderful cover. But I have this, like, attitude to keep up of being this, like, bad boy of rock and roll. And so I have to mm-hmm. make everything negative. But sorry, Barb, it was atrocious. I want that to be merch somewhere. Sorry, Barb, that was atrocious. I would rock that from here until eternity. Is that your first merch for this podcast? I'll wear a sweatshirt. <laughs> let's let's do it up. I'm here for that. <laughs> Trademark it now. So, um... Speak, speaking of Barbara being being like her own thing, um, are you up for a little bit of a game? Always. Okay, amazing. I'm really happy with this game. So th- this game is called Stry Again. And because Barbara is so picky, what I'm going to do is I'm going to provide you with a random object or an idea or something. And you have to tell me whether or not Barbara would like these things. I'm down. Got it. All right, here we go. So Stry Again. Would Barbara Streisand like the frozen food aisle at a grocery store? You know what? I think she might for the simple fact that she can pop in a Annie's burrito in between sets and get some uh, nutrition back before she has to go back out and sing into that cream microphone. I think so. I think she'd be like... But my vocal cords need to be need to be yeah. loosened, and yeah. the warmth of the Amy's burrito really relaxes them. <laughs> yes, I think that is the correct take. Um, okay, does Barbara Streisand like a super salad option? <laughs> when you first said that, I thought you were talking about a specific kind of salad that's a super salad, not soup or salad. <laughs> And at first I was like, what's this super salad I've never heard of? And where do I get one? <laughs> so I think Barbara would love a super salad. If she were offered soup or salad, she'd probably go with soup? I feel soup. You know, mm-hmm. warmth on yeah, the vocal I, cords? Yeah, I, I think she doesn't have time to, like, chew. <laughs> <laughs> no, she doesn't chew. Only no. liquids. Okay, that that's amazing. Um, Stry again. How does Barbara feel about pineapple on pizza? You know what? I bet she likes it. There's that whole bit mm-hmm. in Funny Girl where I forget what he offers, and then she realizes that it's just a pierogi or something. Um, I, you know what? I bet at this stage in her life, she's had pineapple on pizza and been like, mm, "That's fine." Yeah. Yeah, she's kind of kind of in between. I don't think it's her favorite, but I don't think she hates it. And you know, if she hates something, she's never seeing it in her life again. No. And you know, she probably only encounters it when you're like when someone else is ordering from Domino's to be delivered to her Malibu mansion, not when she's like in yeah. ever lived in Brooklyn getting a slice. 
because no slice place does pe- pineapple and pepperoni. I mean, on pizza. Um, okay, a couple more. How does she feel about socks with sandals? As someone who's currently wearing socks with sandals in the house, mm-hmm. I'm going to have to say she probably hates it. <laughs> Why do you think? It just feels like if she were going to be wearing sandals, she'd just go barefoot and like walk through her garden with her dogs. I mean, barefoot and not wear socks in the sandal, you know? Yeah. And then, like, she probably has, like, cashmere slippers that she wears in the house that someone else puts on mm-hmm. for her. She yeah. definitely is never in the state to be wearing, like, a Birkenstock and a Nike athletic sock. No, no, no. I don't think so. I think she um, wants to feel, like, at one with the ground, even though she floats above it, you know? Yes, yeah. absolutely. All right. So our last one. How do you think Barbara Streisand feels about the current Funny Girl revival on Broadway? Do you think she even knows it's it's going on? I think someone has said to her, they're reviving Funny Girl. And at first she was like, where's my call? I could do it again. <laughs> yes. That, was, that role was mine. And you know what? You know what? I bet that Leah Michelle, like tried to get in contact with Barbara to be like, is it okay that I play this role? You saw me sing the song on Glee. And Barbara, Barbara's people were like, Barbara can never see this note. And, <laughs> you know, I bet she heard that it was happening and was like, hmm, I did better. Or mm-hmm. she's like a secret executive producer and just raking in the cash. <gasps> Oh, interesting. I think that if she were a secret uh, like investor producer, I think the um, it would have taken way longer to come to Broadway, and it would have been um, we would have heard about how specific she wanted. Like this one spotlight is like one shade too warm. Um, yeah. yeah, you're probably but, right. Um, I mean, I can only I can only hope. Well, Brent, obviously you killed that game because I feel like you know Barbara. As inside or outside, as any um, of us plebes can know. I can only aspire. And as we're wrapping up the podcast, I have a segment that I do every week where I turn the tables and ask my guest what they're obsessed with in a segment we call Guest Obsessed. So Brent, what have you been obsessed with recently? Guest Obsessed is really good. Um, just Thank you so much. to um, doff my cap to you. Um, what have I been obsessed with lately? The first thing that comes to mind is that I've um, really been enjoying learning about other music in the world uh, that I didn't grow up listening to. And I've been really obsessed with the Carpenters lately. Um, mm -hmm. I saw Justin Vivian Bond this summer, right before Pride for the, their show, Mary. Um, and they sang a song by the Carpenters during that, and it was really beautiful, and then I've been listening to that album. The other things I've been obsessed with, I mean, I'm constantly obsessed with knitting. I don't know. We briefly talked about that at the party. Yes, 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 we talked about this. Um, And there's this knitting, knitwear pattern designer, Stephen West, who does um, every October, he does a mystery knit-along, and the first part of the pattern came out on Thursday, and I have been doing nothing but knitting since then. And it's been wonderful. What's the pattern? What are you knitting up? It, it'll be a shawl, but I don't know what it'll look like. That's the whole point. I and like oh, I see, I see. There are no photos in the pattern. He releases like a video each time to like 
mm -hmm. so that you can get a visual representation, but it really is just <sighs> like follow these words and hope you do it right. And it's so fun. <gasps> wow. Wow. Well, I'm excited to see what comes of it. Um, yeah. So, Brent, thank you so much for coming on this podcast. And for anyone listening, um, make sure to follow us on Instagram and TikTok at omdqpod. That's omdqpod. And let us know in the comments what you're obsessed with. And maybe, who knows, we'll make an episode about it. All right. Thanks, Brent. Love you. Thanks, Adam. Mwah. Bye. Bye.